Here's why interest rates actually don't matter as much as you think. And yes, that's pretty cruel of me saying that when they've risen 13 times, that's a lot of right interest rate rises. I think the main thing for me to say that though is to tell you about where acquisition phases are more important than anything. And even if you've got interest rates thrown at you, if you've got some difficult times thrown at you, it's important to power and push through. I'm going to go through a couple of stories as to why and what the other side looks like when you do actually push through. So firstly, let me take you a step back and tell you what an acquisition phase is. Well, I've actually broken down property investing and I've realized that a very successful property plan is essentially a 20 to 30 year journey. Now, everyone seems to think that property investors buy forever and they keep buying and it's very successful and you never stop buying. Well, that's not the truth. The main thing is for you to have a successful property plan that goes over 20 to 30 years, you actually don't want to spend more than five, max 10 years buying. And the reason why is debt is your friend at the start because you get assets through leverage, but debt becomes your enemy when it comes to actually drawing down a sustainable passive income. And so when it comes to a sustainable passive income, the second and third wind or phases of that 20 to 30 year journey start to come into play. Now, the first part of that second phase is when you stop buying assets. Crazy, right? Buyer's agent telling you to stop buy assets. It's the truth. When you stop buying assets, you give your debt that time to sit stabilized while your rents go up and your asset values go up due to compounding wealth and averages in Australia over time. And so as this happens, you start to move away and you get separation between the two, which is why it's important to not be buying more than those five to 10 years, unless you're buying what I call forward moving assets, which I'll come to later on. But when it comes to this buying period, now that it's stopped, you're actually letting time do its thing. And typically, most markets will achieve a pretty solid growth rate, not always in that first 10 years, because there's many periods of 10 years where assets haven't gone well, but in that 10 to 15 years or 12 to 18 years, things usually start to show up even in areas that haven't done as well in the years prior. The third and final phase is to figure out what it is you want to keep, what it is you want to sell, if needing to, what it is that you have been able to fully offset or pay down, and what you haven't been able to. Which assets produce high values to debt ratio and which assets produce extremely high rental incomes that are absolute keepers and you want them to be debt free, producing you that income. Now, yes, this is a portfolio discussion that I've gone through, but I'm going to wind it back down to interest rates because interest rates play a core part, especially in the time we're in. And to share more about interest rates, I'll take you back to 2020. Now, in 2020, this is the time of cheap money. But guess what? Money wasn't cheap for me. And I'll tell you why. If you go to 2020, I had a particular scenario come up, which was very important to me, but also important to other people. In this particular scenario, there was a client of mine who actually went on to purchase a property using our services in Bendigo. Now, I've shared this example a couple times in the past, but let's go and use this example specifically for interest rates. When it came to that time period, they had actually successfully secured the property. We were going through to unconditional, which essentially means good to go, only settlements left, and COVID hit. Now, with COVID hitting, their business took a huge U-turn and it meant that they needed to get out of the deal. Now, did it mean that they needed to get out of the deal because they couldn't get the loan? No, they technically could. Because when you're self-employed, sometimes it's hard to say, hey, I don't have a pay slip to show you now because it's based on previous tax returns and COVID is impacting your future tax returns, not your previous ones. So technically speaking, they could still get that loan, but was it the right thing to do for them with so much going on in personal life and business life? The short answer was no. 
they needed to get out of the contract. And so this is what I did. I essentially said, hey, agent, I've got a backup buyer for you. Can we get this out, out and get it done? And he's like, well, technically, we're going to need these decline letters and we're going to need these issues to be resolved. And long story short, they said, hey, look, if you can make it work, we'll see what we can do. Our vendor's understanding. But really, it's technically not meant to happen. We then spoke to a backup buyer in our client base and they said, yeah, hey, Arjun, I trust you. Totally want to back this. I know it's COVID. I know it's scary times. But we'll see what we can do. And their broker said, hey, look, their position's probably a bit too tight for this one. I didn't want this client impacted. I was still in my acquisition phase. However, I actually wasn't so sure if I'd get a loan or not. So I called up a few providers and my wife helped immensely on this. Her being a mortgage broker meant that she put everything down. She put all the paperwork together, whizzed through it faster than anyone could and basically said, leave it with me. Low document loans, not a pretty type of loan, but a loan that had to happen. And long story short, while the world was enjoying one, two and 3% interest rates, here's me with fours and fives in front. Low document loans, just in case you don't know, here's a very quick overview. Essentially, you're giving minimal documents needed with a half picture or maybe a quarter picture to be able to get that last bit of lending across with the lender who's far more lenient in terms of how much they'll provide you in borrowing. And as long as you can put up the right deposit for it, they'll kind of give you the money. And this is where it protects them from a risk perspective because they're asking for much larger deposits. It also protects you from a being able to get the lending perspective because you're now able to get a loan where their policies are far more lenient and allow you to get that loan versus what someone else would give. So in summary, you're getting a loan, but you need to give more in interest rate and in deposit to likely get that loan. That's essentially what it is. You might hear these often referred to as low docs or simple docs, alt docs. There's a few different things that people throw out there in terms of terminology. Now, taking you back to this, it meant that interest rates were now with a four and five in front during a time where everyone was getting one and two and potentially 3% rates. Sounds pretty crazy, right? Now, here's the next thing. They said, hey, Arjun, we don't want you to put a 10% deposit, a 15% deposit, or a 20% deposit. We want you to put down a 25% deposit. Now, I know that might not seem like a, a crazy thing, but even on a 380K property, which is what the price was, 25% deposit's a decent amount. It's almost a third of the property. And it's very rare for property investors to go around paying a third of their property in cash. I had to. And for two reasons. Number one, it was the right thing to do. I did not want that client losing their deposit. I did not want them stuck. And as the world was turning upside down, yes, I know I didn't have clarity on where I was going to be or where my business was going to be. It was just the right thing to do. So in summary, it was the right thing to do. That was, that was the first thing. Now, can I do this every single time for every single client for every single property? I wish. <laughs> but the truth is I can't. And so it just happened to be moving on to part two now, which is my strategy was that I was in an acquisition phase. I was just lost on where to get the finance for it. Because I was in a position where I had to get that finance to ensure that that client was okay and everything was going to be all right. And in that particular phase, I was on acquisition journey. I went to that low doc and I got it done. Now, why is this coming back to interest rates? Well, when interest rates have that much of a variance, don't you think I was an idiot then to take on that lending? Don't you think that was silly of me to essentially just go, hey, go and take interest rates at two or 3% higher? And if you fast forward to today, don't you think that interest rates now at 5 6 and 7% is mind-blowing and you shouldn't be taking out lending during this time? Well, it depends. And here's the depends for me. I had three things written down. Was I going to be okay from a buffer just to make sure that I could continue to have some risk management? 
it was tight. I'm telling you, if you're scraping through every bit to get through bigger deposits and making sure you don't know where COVID's at and you're trying to make sure you're okay with your business and I still had to make sure I get the deal done, but the buffers were there. After knowing what was ahead, the buffers got there. Second was actually in terms of can I cash flow handle it? And I'm not talking about cash flow of the property, but with the ins and outs of money, personal finances, how you manage them when it comes to your salary, your business, are you going to be able to handle that cost of money and be okay? And then lastly, number three was, was I in an acquisition phase? Being in an acquisition phase meant that I was scaling and I needed to get more assets put together. All these three happened to be a tick, although some of them were borderline extremely tight in terms of the parameters, but I just needed to get it done. Now, looking at the results, if you look at the results, that property now is worth at upwards of $600,000. In fact, next door neighbor, same block of land, extra bathroom, nicer renovations, sold for even more than that number, substantially more too. So from that perspective, I look back and I go, what can I learn from this? Well, the first thing I can learn from is the acquisition phase. There is nothing more important than this concept. In property investing, it's as simple as the person with the most assets condensed in the shortest amount of time, then held for the longest, typically wins. And so if I'm able to then have those five years of my journey, which was actually five years at that point because I started my first property in 2015, fast forward five years, 2020, could I get the most acquisitions I could get? And I think that was my ninth or maybe my 10th property at that time. Uh, maybe a little bit more. I can't get the exact thought right, but I do know that that was a five-year moment where I'd been every single year aggressively looking to buy property. And so when you look at interest rates and you fast forward to today's investing environment, the key to think about here is how did I then react when interest rates went up to the level they went up? Well, nothing changed except the zeros in my position of strength did improve. And I know that that's not the case for everyone, but the key is nothing changed on the three dot points that mattered. Did I have a buffer to be able to make sure my portfolio is going to be okay? Is my personal business and property cash flows position sufficient enough to be able to hold these assets? And then number three, what phase of my journey was in? Remember, I'm trying to build a 10 million plus portfolio at this point. So I wanted to make sure that I'm still in my acquisition phase. So what did I do? Well, interest rates went up 13 times during 2022 and 23. And during that time period, I purchased another five properties. One in Sydney, three in Bundaberg, and another in Townsville. So that's five properties there during 2022 when someone's like, hey, probably don't go and do that because interest rates are rising. Instead, I was like, no, do I have the buffer? Can I manage the cash flows? And am I in my acquisition phase? So when you're on your investing journey, I want you to consider these three things, because if you do, you will thank yourself many years later. You'll be able to look back and realize that, hey, I had the buffer to invest, so why didn't I? I had the cash flow personally, business or property to manage the holdings. And at the same time, I was able to scale in line with my phase, because later on in life, when you look at that 10, 15, 20, 25, 30 year plan, and you look back at having that condensed acquisition period, you end up thanking yourself just like I did when that Bendigo asset turned out the way I wanted it to, and it ended up doing it when I didn't think it would do it that soon. So looking back at the journey when you're investing, just start to consider how important an acquisition phase is and realize that interest rates are just a variable in your investing journey. They are not the end all of your investing journey. Yes, you might have difficult moments with interest rates with a limit servicing power, borrowing capacity. These are all challenges along the way. They aren't the end of how you actually scale a portfolio or not. 
What's going to be more important than ever is realizing a solution-focused approach, realizing that your acquisition phase, if that's where you're at, make sure you're in it and you're doing it hard with those last two components, the right buffer and the cash flow to manage. And if the cash flow to manage isn't there, then something's got to change. Either the rents of the property that you buy, the deposits that you put down, or the income you bring in as a, as a family. So the key here is that all these are variables that can change. They're not stationary. So don't think that because interest rates have risen, it's a stationary aspect or time in your portfolio. There are always variables that you can constantly change. And taking you back to what happened in 2020 was that the rates didn't matter. Even when the world was having cheap rates, guess what? I didn't. I actually ended up having a rate of 4.75, if I'm not mistaken, or 5.75. Either way, it was higher than the 1% and 2% rates out there at that time. And so this is why when you're making your next deal, if you can tick these three boxes, acquisition phase, management of cash flow, and buffers, go out there, seek the lending, try and find solutions, and go and scale the portfolio to the heights that you want to, to hit your goals, and doing it safely is what's going to happen if you have these three things coming together. If you're not in your acquisition phase, don't be tempted with all this extra lending to go out there and buy property. Sometimes it's just best to sit back and do nothing. I'm still in my acquisition phase. I'm in that next phase of the journey. Interest rates haven't phased me and they won't as long as I can meet these three parameters. Now, when it comes to investing, if you're feeling like you're on your acquisition journey and you're thinking, hey, I'm still in the scaling phase. I've got the right amount of cash flow management, which is usually managed by your income and rate of savings. And then lastly, at the same time, I've got a buffer to protect myself even after putting money aside for a place. Then jump on and reach out to us at investorkit.com.au for a free consultation where we can go through how we scale portfolios, the due diligence that we follow, the research that's outperforming the market consistently and allowed me to find places like Bendigo back in 2020 and 2019. And then even looking at markets and putting them together in a portfolio plan that actually reverse engineers how to get there. It all started with a free consultation for that client who's now come on board since that journey in 2020 where they had to pause and they've purchased three investment properties since that have gone very successful for them. It starts with a free consultation. Jump on investikit.com.au and have a chat with us. It's Arjun Paliwal here, Head of Research at Investikit Buyers Agency and back again for another episode soon.